8.48. Now, in place of our regular This Week's Quote segment, we'll look now into the recent Constitutional Court decision regarding conscientious objectors, i.e. those who refuse to serve in the military here. Remember, that is something that applies to all able-bodied young men. And this week, the human rights watchdog submitted a report to the Supreme Court saying it's advisable to exempt conscientious objectors from penalties and instead to provide them with alternative service options but still to do that for one and a half years longer than what people would normally do for the military service side of things. Tom Rainey-Smith, coordinator for Strategic Programme at Amnesty International Korea, joins us in the studio. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So first, can we get your comment on the Constitutional Court ruling in June, which ruled in favour of criminalising conscientious objectors, but against not having alternative service? Yeah, so of course, uh, given the long period, uh, you know, that thousands and thousands of conscientious objectors have continued to be criminally prosecuted for exercising their basic rights, this is definitely a welcome step in the sense that the government now has until the end of next year to uh, implement uh, an alternative service. So we certainly welcome uh, the specific ruling on Article 5.1 of the Military Criminal Act, Uh, on the categories of military service provisions. Um, But yes, as you point out, it it does not address um, the issue of the the criminalization of conscientious objection per se. Uh, It also neglects some other key issues, including uh, the fact that many, many young men remain imprisoned. um, And also there are, as I said, thousands of, of men who have been imprisoned over the years who still have a criminal record. And to put this in perspective, the accumulated time that conscientious objectors have spent in prison since 1950 here amounts to nearly 36,000 years. Yep, this is correct. This figure comes specifically from the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, And so they have calculated just, uh, yeah, members of their church who have been imprisoned over the time. They do constitute the largest number. But this is a horrific waste of, of human potential. Um, yeah, so young men who do uh, exercise their, their right uh, and object to military service, they're sentenced for 1.5 years. Um, previously, uh, and under the existing law, they can be imprisoned for up to three years. Um, yeah. It's almost like doing your alternative service in prison. Uh, I mean, it's a very different <laughs> environment, obviously, but it's, it's, it's kind of like trying to give you that uh, as, a, as a deterrent. Well, certainly alternative service should not be punitive, and so we very much have to distinguish that. But uh, a key point, I think, is that many of these young men, and certainly many of the the young men that uh, come to Amnesty International, you know, they actually really want to serve their community. They they themselves, you know, want to be able to serve, but they're not willing to pick up arms, they're not willing to serve under the military, but they're certainly more than willing, in many, many cases, to uh, you know, to serve a, a very important role to the community. Well, 99% of these thousands of um, conscientious objectors here are Jehovah's Witnesses or have been Jehovah's Witnesses, as you hinted before. Is that a way that we can perhaps reflect on what makes a good reason to not do military service? Because honestly, mm-hmm. I'm not a Jehovah's Witness, but if I was told by someone, you've got to do military service, I'd be like, I don't want to do that. Uh, it, but but is saying I don't want to do it also a good enough reason? No. Well, 
uh, just to clarify, you know, the the grounds under international law, uh, you know, for actually exercising the right uh, to object to military service is grounded in the the International uh, Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, Article 18, also in the Universal Declaration. And this extends beyond religion uh, to uh, thought and conscience. Um, And so, in fact, in South Korea, we've had people from many different faiths, not just Jehovah's Witnesses. We've had Christians, Buddhists. We've also had uh, atheists um, and and people from, uh, yeah, a wide range of beliefs. I mean, for for me, the common sense approach to it would be if you really face a security threat, then for men and women, regardless of gender, especially now the way the gender debate is going, just make sure people are regularly trained in how to deal with combat situations. Um, and and then if there's a cause worth fighting for, I'm sure lots of people will be prepared to fight in that cause. But this idea of just taking young men, just men, and forcing them to spend uh, this period of time in their lives, uh, some of them say it's a great thing that they've done, but many of them have negative reviews of that experience. What does that look like in the 21st century? Well, um, I'm not going to speak <laughs> to the whole issue of conscription per se, um, but certainly you know, w- within the military institution, there are a range of human rights abuses which um, you know, ha- have come to light. Um, but what we are really uh, talking about is the right, if you have a deeply seated, a deeply held belief, to exercise that right and therefore to, to not serve in a military capacity. Right. So, I mean, you're clearly choosing that battle, at least for now. That's, you, you, I, I understand you don't want to get dragged into the, the debate over whether people should do military service full, full stop. Well, South Korea having uh, the largest number of imprisoned conscientious objectors in the world. Yeah, is that 92.5%? This proportion? figure, yes, in, in a United Nations report in 2013. Uh, so the figure now it has certainly reduced, and we don't have contemporary statistics, but this is because uh, a number, or actually about 1,000 cases are pending. Uh, because of the upcoming Supreme Court ruling, which uh, will address the issue of criminalizing uh, conscientious objection again. What, what do you think should be um, valid alternative service? How could that be made systematic and regulated in a way that would satisfy all parties? Well, uh, we have pretty clear uh, guidelines looking at international law as well, um, and, and specifically looking at recommendations from the United Nations Human Rights Council, uh, and the U- Human Rights Committee. Uh, so essentially, it should be non-punitive. Uh, it should be comparable in length. It should be of a civilian character. Uh, but it should also be in the public interest. So if we look at examples of, say, Armenia, where you're in the in the uh, health sector, you're working in psychiatric hospitals, uh, you could be working in orphanages, or in, say, Taiwan, um, when you're also working in emergency services. These are really fundamental Areas and, for example, in South Korea, the elderly, uh, you know, care for the elderly is a, is a key area where certainly uh, young men could serve a very important role. And if they're such passionate Jehovah's Witnesses that they are unwilling or unprepared or unable, according to their beliefs, to serve in the military, you'd think they might be fantastic community workers um, if they have that genuine belief. How do you think this will all unfold from here? Well, as I alluded to, we, we have an upcoming Supreme Court ruling. Actually, on the 30th of this month, there's going to be a public hearing. Uh, and Amnesty International, along with other organizations, was requested to submit an opinion. 
Um, so that will be contemplated uh, during the public hearing. And then the ruling will come down within three months. So we expect a ruling uh, from the Supreme Court uh, by the end of the year. Uh, we're certainly feeling positive because uh, yeah, of the momentum of recommendations from the international bodies, uh, the you know, UN Human Rights Council. And so forth, yeah. Well, good luck with your own efforts. It's been really nice having you actually come in the studio to talk to us about this today. Thank you so much for having me.